Welcome to Erie Iceland. Whether you're captivated by folklore, paranormal, sorcery, the hidden people, haunted things, people or locations in Iceland, you've come to the right place. Here, you'll venture into the dark side of Iceland. I'm Anne. I'm Vanessa. We're two girl bosses who are obsessed with all of these things. Will you dare to follow us into this unexplainable realm? Anne, Vanessa, why are you putting a seal skin on the table? Because it's my prop for today's episode. It's like my thing now. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like this. I like this. Yeah. So, I don't have any props. Yeah. Well, sucks to be you. <laughs> I, watch. Watch. Just watch. Just wait. Just wait. So, Vanessa, if you could be any sea creature in the world, what would you be? Duh, a mermaid. Ah, you and everyone else in the world. And for those of you out there that like love mermaids, did you know that Iceland actually has its own version? And today I'm actually going to tell you about a few, not all, of our sea creatures that we have in Icelandic folklore. We're going to discover four of them on the agenda today. And the first one is going to be the Selkie folk, the seal people. Two, Syke the sea cow, and three, Naker, the water horse, and four, the Marbendilt, and that's the merman. Not mermaid, but a merman. Interesting. Yeah. So first up, we have the Selkie folk, which directly translates to the seal people. And the first time I hear about the seal people being in Iceland, it was actually on the black sands of Reynisfjara just outside of the tiny town of Vík. These are where the big-ass basalt stacks that you guys have all gone and seen. I'm sure if you've been to Iceland, it's iconic. And they are said to be shapeshifters who move between seal and human forms. And they do this by removing their skin when on land and putting their fur on before entering the ocean. And stories about them are not just in Iceland either. The legends span to Irish and Scottish landscapes as well. And I'm pretty sure, honestly, that these stories were brought to Iceland with the Gaelic people that were kidnapped, enslaved, and brought to the shores of Iceland in the 9th and early 10th centuries. Have you heard about the seal people, Vanessa? Uh, yeah, from you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, good. All right. Well, so minimal background. I'm going to give you a little bit more. So some sources say that the SEAL people can aid you when in need and can be ruthless in other instances. But everything that I read described the race as being extremely attractive and enticing to us humans. Maybe just like one of us on dry land, but in water, they are full on SEALs. And I got to ask, Vanessa, have you ever talked to a seal? Oh, yes. Did it respond to me? 
no. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I have as well. And it's because I often go stand up paddleboarding at the famed Glacier Lagoon and have had them follow me, study me, scare me more times than I can count. But honestly, they're just really curious, thoughtful, and intelligent creatures. So I think the seal people have their own world down there. Like I'm picturing Atlantis. What about you, Vanessa? Can I go there? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Are you wondering about what happens if a seal person has a child with a human? Or maybe you're curious about what the children might be like? I didn't know they could do that. Yeah, they can. And by Icelandic folklore, they are normal human looking. But in some of the Gaelic stories I read, they can have webbing between their fingers or their toes. And how do you hide that then? Everyone just knows that you're like a seal, like a half seal person? Yeah. Oh, okay. In Gaelic, in in the Gaelic stories I read, that was a thing. Hmm. Okay. So also to know about the seal people is that the number seven resonates throughout all the stories of the seal people. Typically, it's associated with how often they can return to land, whether it be seven days, seven weeks, seven months, or seven years, it varies. Some sources in regards to the Icelandic seal people say that they can only come onto land during special occasions. And on the Icelandic calendar, that date specifically is the 13th day of Christmas, which is the 6th of January. That is when all sorts of creatures can come out and play. You know, it's kind of like a free pass between the worlds. All right, so now that I've set the background a little bit, allow me to introduce you to the famous story of the seal woman at Reynes Fiara. Raise your hand if you've been to Reynes Fiara. You know, the super beautiful yet dangerous black sand beach in South Iceland, which has multiple caves and the famous basalt stacks named Reynes Strangar. Yeah, so it's said that the Icelandic seal people gather on this beach each year. They leave the ocean shedding their seal skins for the night on January 6th to partake in all of the earthly pleasures they are denied in the ocean. You know, things like singing, dancing, and drinking, you know, all the good shit. This story begins with our young farmer who grew up hearing these stories of the seal people. And he always wondered if his grandmother was telling him the truth or if she was just making shit up. So on the 6th of January, one year, he wanted to put the old story to the test, as we all would, right? Totally. So he heads down to the beaches outside of the town of Vík on that magical day, and he starts searching everywhere for the seal people. Hours go by, and his optimism ultimately diminishes. But on the way back to his farm, he noticed a set of footprints in the sand that weren't there before when he had walked by. And they were coming one way from the ocean. So he looks around, trying to find an explanation, and he couldn't. So what does he do? He decides to follow them, right? As as one would do. Right? I would, for sure. The footsteps led him east towards Reynesfjall and Reynesfjara. When the farmer came to the mountain, he saw more footprints than he could count. They narrowed into one single path that led into a small cave that was inside of the mountain down by the ocean. 
The young farmer was scared, though, to go into the cave, so he hid outside until he got the courage to take a peek inside. And as he entered the cave, he notices a large pile of sealskins on the ground, but no one inside. He was a freaking thrilled. And you know why? Because then he knew that the seal people were real and wouldn't be too far away. Then he saw the path, then led back into the cave further down the beach to a second cave. But this cave was actually not empty. As he saw shadows dancing on the wall and he heard infectious laughter that he wanted to be a part of. In fact, as he got closer, he saw that there was a bonfire going. People were naked, dancing, and singing around it. For sure, having the time of their lives. All of this was like so far from what a farmer would experience in the Middle Ages, because let's be honest, like the most exciting part of his week would probably be going to church on Sunday. <laughs> oh my God. It would. Like, oh my God, in a literal sense. <laughs> <laughs> so the young farmer observes them for hours. He is just enthralled and absolutely enamored and captivated by this culture that he's not a part of, right? But then he became afraid because he thought, if they caught him, they might actually harm him. So he made his way back to his farm instead. However, when he passes by the cave where he saw the pile of seal skins, he decided to take one with him. After all, that way he would be able to have proof of the seal people's existence and show it to future generations. When he arrived back to his farm, he locked it up in a big chest in his bedroom. He even put the key on a really strong chain around his neck. And then he goes to sleep super freaking happy. But in the morning, he grew restless, wondering if the seal people had left anything behind. So he heads back down to the beach again, and he sees that all of the footprints had washed away. And then he walked over to where the first cave was, and it was empty again, just as it had been the night before, minus the large pile of seal skins. However, when he finds his way to the second cave, he finds a beautiful young woman who is laying there naked on the ground, and she's crying. He immediately goes up to her to console her and asks if everything is okay. And she replies, no, and confesses that she is a seal woman and came on to dry land to party with her friends and family the night before. But when she intended to return to the ocean this morning, her seal skin had actually gone missing and she couldn't go back into the ocean without it. Out of desperation, she pleads with the young farmer to help her look for her seal skin, not knowing that he had actually been the one that stole it the night before. The farmer promises to help her, but not quite in the way that she wanted. Rather, he gives her his coat and pretended to help her look for the skin, but really he knew that it was locked away in his bedroom. And after spending the entire day on a hopeless search, the young farmer invites the seal woman back to his farm. She accepts, but continues to search every day for her seal skin. And this goes on for weeks. So Vanessa, do you think the farmer feels bad about lying to her? Or do you think 
a part of him wants to give her her skin back? Or do you think he's madly in love with her and hopes that she'll eventually fall in love with him? Uh, this this is like red flags all over the place. This guy, <laughs> this guy, like, no, 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 no. Like, ah, uh, like he has no, like, remorse. Like he, yeah, he's hoping that she'll fall in love with him. Yeah. Do you think that if you found out, could you forgive him for doing this? Hell no. Like, no, 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 no. Like, no way. Uh-uh. Agreed. Agreed. I'm on your bus, too. So once she has searched for months, she realizes that she may never be able to return and that she might be on dry land for the rest of her life. But she also kind of knew and accepted how nice and kind the farmer has been to her by giving her food, shelter, and clothes. So she offered to the farmer to work off her debt on the farm. And so days become weeks, weeks become years, and the time and distance grew for the seal woman. And she thought less and less of her family and life in the ocean and grew closer to the farmer. Eventually, they fall in love, get married, and start a family. And after the woman had spent over a decade on dry land, she had had seven children with the farmer. Remember, the number seven kind of resonates throughout the Seal People stories. And one night, shortly before Christmas, she was putting her youngest children to sleep, and she recited a little rhyme to herself that is, and loosely translates to, how can I be? How can I be? I have seven children on land and seven at sea. And Vanessa, I'm kind of hoping, since it sounds way more beautiful in Icelandic, that you'll say it for our listeners. No problem. I got you. <laughs> Thank you. Mér er um og ó. Ég á sjöbjörn á sjó og ég á sjöbjörn á landi. Thank you for that. So following this, she went to sleep herself. But the following night, a visitor appeared in her dreams, and the visitor told her the truth about why she was stuck on dry land and that the farmer had been keeping her skin from her all of these years, and that it was, the, it was only a few feet away from her this entire time in her own bedroom in the large chest at the end of her bed. However, no one was ever allowed to open the chest. And the farmer, remember, keeps it of a key on a strong chain around his neck that he never, ever took off. A few days later, the seal woman decided to take her fate into her own hands on Christmas Eve. She cooked up a huge feast and gave the farmer as much alcohol as he could consume. Then when he passed out from overeating and overdrinking, she went and took the key from around his neck and opened the chest. She immediately discovered her seal skin and decided to go back to where she belonged, the ocean. But this time, decided to do what she was denied before. So she woke up her children to tell them the truth about who she was and why she would have to leave. So she said her goodbyes before she made her way to the ocean. And just before she put on her seal skin and went back into the ocean, she recited the same rhyme again. How can I be? How can I be? I have seven children on land and seven at sea. She then disappeared into the water and was never seen to be on dry land again. 
However, when the farmer would go out fishing, a friendly seal would pop up from the water and throw fish into the boat and would show the farmer exactly where to go fishing for the best catch. And when the younger children would be playing on the beach, that same sweet seal would throw colorful fishes and seashells onto the beach to use as toys. And so now you've learned about the story of the Icelandic seal people. What do you think, Vanessa? I don't know if I could be as forgiving as her. Like she um, was giving him fish, but she was giving him fish not because she was like still in love with him, but mainly like to feed the children. Like that's how I'm deciding to see it because like he could starve for all I care. Like he's kept me away from like my other children. Like, no. But yes, she has other children like on land that she needs to feed. So like totally. Good story. For sure. Okay. So did you know in Iceland we have sea cows? Like, no. Mm -mm. Okay. Maybe it's a countryside thing since you're a city girl. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) (laughs) They are called Syker, which translates to sea cow. The cow has rings on its horn and will be running in or along the seaside. So if you're able to catch it and you want to keep it, you're going to need to burst the bubble that is between its nostrils. And by doing so, you're going to prevent it from going back into the sea and it will be yours forever, blessing your farm with endless wealth. Wait, can I find one and like, like... Do I have to keep it like in my house or something? Because like, like you said, I'm a city girl, so I don't have a farm, but like I want the wealth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe next time we're just going to have to go out and look for the sea cow. Oh, my God. My next Icelandic water creature is the naker, which is the Icelandic water horse. It's often found in lake areas and you'll discover it by... It being a gray-colored horse, and it'll be recognized by its backward hooves and backwards ears. Although, you need to know that these are not helpful beasts that you want to catch, like the sea cow. It will not bring you wealth. For example, if you find one, it's going to tempt you to go for a ride. And if you end up on its back... The legend says it will go into deep water to try to drown you. But if you find yourself on top of the water horse and it will not release you, do you know what you need to do, Vanessa? This is like life lesson shit. Give it an apple? (laughs) No, definitely not. You need to make the sign of the cross on the horse's rear. Apparently, the sign of the cross in those days was magic. Remember how it also exposed the butter in the Tilbury story in our launch episode? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. So sign of the cross, add that to your like repertoire of like getting yourself out of trouble. Yeah, it's, it's like real life. So the last sea creature that I have for you today is the Marbendilt. And it is the Icelandic merman. And just like the seal seal people, he's said to be a shapeshifter. And on land, he assumes human form or a mix. And in water, he is like a mermaid below the waist. 
Sometime in the 1600s, the legend of this creature begins alongside the Hothafolk, the hidden people, and their stories. So, Vanessa, which one is your favorite Icelandic sea creature? Tell me. I'm intrigued about the merman. Yeah. I couldn't read much about him. There no. wasn't a ton of, like, research that's out there But about I think that's him. what makes him, like, more interesting. All right. Well, I'm going to put a little call out there for anyone out there, Icelandic or not, that has maybe experienced a marbendilt. We would love to hear about it. We'd love to do its own episode. So feel free to reach out to us at hello at eerieiceland.com. Or if anyone has ever spotted one, let's go take a drive somewhere and see. Thank you so much for venturing into the dark side of Iceland with us. We hope our stories resonate with you. Stay tuned for more Nightmare Worthy podcasts. And if you want to hear more, give us a follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. You can also find us on Instagram at Eerie Iceland and by searching Eerie Iceland on Facebook. See you next time.